0: With Croydon's year as London Borough of Culture well underway, we have an episode jam-packed full of vibrant cultural activity happening in the borough. We've been lucky enough to meet people behind some of the biggest events happening in Croydon, getting exclusive insight and behind-the-scenes content from events such as the Commons Dance Festival at Stanley Arts, Recognition by Tallywa Theatre Company, Croydon's Music Heritage Trail, the Caribbean Influences Exhibition and Croydon Fields. But we've not only been getting behind the scenes, we've also been getting involved, capturing live footage from these fantastic artistic events. In this episode, we have updates on the upcoming festivals this month. We've been talking to the brains behind Croydon Pride, Croydon Mellor, and CR Talent. But first, let's cast our minds back to May Commons Festival, which was hotly anticipated in our last episode and was host to a variety of dance forms, coming together all under one roof. For this podcast, we've looked in depth at one of Croydon's biggest hip hop battles this year. We spoke to judges, competitors, and organisers to find out more.
1: Hey everyone, my name is Lee. I'm also known as Reckless Lee, representing the crew's Soul Mavericks, House of Rebels, and Bird Gang. And what are you doing here today? Uh, so I'm here today at uh, Bird Gang's Battle Cage event, uh, in which I am a judge. And what, what does
2: a judge look for in a competition like this?
1: So, um, today everything I'm judging is mixed styles, so it involves uh, all the different sort of street dance styles from breaking, locking, house, hip-hop, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to see a bit of everything. Right. So each dance has their own foundations that are just as important as foundations in something like ballet, contemporary, jazz. Um, they're very in-depth and, and those that learn it end up understanding that. And, so the foundations play a huge role in each thing. If someone is technically better, yeah. then they're going to stand out a lot more. Um, originality is also very important, but that originality, you know, and creativity has to be creativity from the foundation. Okay, so,
2: so they need to get the basics right and
1: go from there. Yeah, otherwise it just becomes random movement. <laughs> yes, my name is Chloe Dean.
3: I am a judge today at the Commons Battle with Bird Bird, gag, bird Cage Battle. Um, I am doing the hip-hop uh, rounds, I'm judging the hip-hop rounds and also the all-styles. And
2: what, what will you be, is what you're looking for different in each round? What do you look for from a 3v3 battle?
3: Um, main thing is rhythm, being in time uh the style technique so especially for hip-hop it's looking at the bounce the consistency that metronome of the bounce and the technique of hip-hop so people building from the foundations up Uh, and then on top of that it's looking at what their vocab is their content how they build their round from start to finish Um, another layer would be their character their presence uh, their hunger um, the fact that it's a battle, it's a competition, so you can't just come and showcase. It's not about showcasing. For me, it's about battling.
2: And when you say it's not about showcasing, does that mean that they they need to be reacting to what the other people are doing? 100%, yeah. And, wh- and what does that look like? Does that mean that it's all improvised or will people come in with something that they, they know they're going to do?
3: Uh, depending on the, the, the skills of the dancer. Uh, a lot of the time, people will train and build sets uh, and your your move your muscle memory is very strong so depending on what you train and what you build into your vocabulary as a dancer that can sometimes come out naturally depending on what you dance to but then also people have sets like I know a lot of breakers have sets that they do and then they kind of use it as like a puzzle piece and mix it up and I think it's the same for hip hop dancers but there's also that level of freedom that you start to find what you want to build in a, in a, in a round um, I, I love to see when um, especially in a competitive scene like the battle scene when people do rounds and they, they take what the other person's done and kind of like throw it in right, their face right, like, right, right, yeah. make it bigger and make it better um, and I think that should be a give and take in terms of a Battle in a healthy way, yeah. um, that like okay, you're gonna do that. Well, I'm gonna take that and make it look better than you. Like, but
2: can, but can it get feisty if people like, can it? 100
3: be... that's the yeah. exciting part. <laughs> like, that's the part I love. Like, the reason when I got into battling, when I was I started battling when I was probably about 13 14. Um, and that I wasn't very good when I started. And but the reason why I wanted to do it was because I was so competitive and I was so hungry to just like battle someone. Um, and I think that energy is the beautiful energy that you see because everyone wants to do better. Which just I think just uplifts everyone in the space and the and the crowd and the people supporting. Yeah, it's yeah. I get so I get super gas. <laughs>
4: I am Josh Costanzo. I am the battle DJ uh, for today for Bird Gang, for Battle Cage. And um, I think with a battle, what's different to DJing? I mean, it's clearly Outside a different event. Battle? But yeah, like, yeah, what's it's, it like it's it's very different. I think you have to really select the music for the crowd to feel, but also for the dancers to feel as well.
2: And doing doing that wrong can obviously be be quite you know. And how much of that do you have to preempt? Because like no one can get their perfect song, and as much as they want, and everyone's perfect song is different. So do you just have to treat everyone the same, or do you? Yeah, like...
4: yeah, you yeah you do have to treat everyone the same. But like I think the preparation that goes into it, into building my library and building the tracks that I have, I try just get the best of the best that so everyone has. The best of the best. And what what makes a good battle track? Like I say, something that the crowd can feel as well. Okay. I think if, if the crowd are really into the song, that, then that energy feeds off for the dancers right. and just helps the dancers.
2: So I'm here with Carl. He won last year, he won the 1v1s. Can you tell us more about that?
5: Yeah, I won the 1v1 last year. It was a sick event. Um, I didn't come in, to be fair, um, having that like, winning mentality. I just wanted to have fun. Yeah, I left the scene, I guess I lost my love for dance. I took like a one or two year break, but yeah, it just never goes. Battling hasn't always been my thing. I've been I've been a freestyler, so I've always just loved to dance, i always loved to move. So it got to a point when I was like last year, I said I'm going to take it on properly and just enjoy it. The training I'd already take seriously, but for me it's just to develop myself. And then once I develop myself enough, I think, then I go to test it out. But just the main thing for me is to share the experience with one another and just to make an impact. It's not really about the winning, it's more about showing people just to be yourself by the way these two they train they're lying these guys train i don't train they train see if you follow this guy and see a story every day there's a post of him training and he's always here i don't train so i can't lie they can't say i don't train because if they don't train then i don't do nothing we always talked about battling each other but we never got to so to finally doing it today it was just more of like an emotion thing kind of nice. it was nice. like it's not just more. It's not just about It's me having a conversation.
2: But is yeah. it? Is it bragging rights as well? Like, are you? Hundred percent.
5: Hundred percent. Hey, listen. Hey, listen. Everyone's witness today. I've actually beat him. Yeah. And this is my first battle of one. So to beat him, I'm going to sort of brag the out of my life. This guy's gonna use it every. This guy's gonna use it every training session. <laughs> but don't worry. Man's coming back.
2: (laughs) So we're here with Elise from Bird Gang. uh, Played a fundamental, instrumental part in organising this and putting it together. How do you feel that it went?
6: Yeah, I feel like it went really well. I feel like it was a great turn up for what, uh, especially for the time of year because there's so many battles and things going on at the moment. Um, And there was a lot of different levels of people and different styles and people that showed up that i haven't seen in years so it's really cool (laughs) really really
2: cool and everyone seemed to be enjoying the prop aspect was there a reason you chose the lights and the mask and the jacket
6: yeah so as part of bird gang we uh like we have core elements and our masks we wear at every performance that we do um so we wanted to bring that in along with the costumes and things that we look at last year when we did this we looked at uh like physical concepts like things that people can do with their bodies but this year we wanted to bring it to the costume element
2: May I just quickly ask you about um the the round with the props. Well was that uh, was that I've been told that's not something that happens very often.
7: Yeah the round with the props usually we don't get props in battles right but obviously this is bird gang and they're putting a twist on what it's doing on what you do in dance battles. Sounds super nice. So we saw a mask and a jacket and we were speaking and we only had a minute. So it's just like, uh, I'm gonna slap on the jacket, I'm gonna control you, you move when I move, you move when I move, and then we'll
1: just
0: vibe, yeah. You can find out more about Bird Gang's Birdcage via Stanley Arts Inside a Hip Hop Battle video. See the link in our description. On to June, host to the award nominated production recognition. We heard all about local legend Samuel Coleridge-Taylor, one of the earliest black British composers who lived here as one of the greatest composers of his time. We saw the intertwined stories of Song, a student navigating her creative journey as she learns about the life of Coleridge-Taylor, seeing the similarities and differences between them. This was the first time Talor had hosted a show at their studios at Fairfield Halls, showcasing a story entrenched and celebrating the local area. We were lucky enough to attend the press night and speak to the creators behind the production and the wonderful actors bringing the story to life.
4: Hi, uh, I'm Paul Adiefer, uh, and I play Samuel Coleridge-Taylor in Recognition. Press night, always a wonderful, stressful, exciting evening. How was it for you? It was all of those things. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. And that was my main aim, to just have, have a good time with the play which I love uh, and and I I love Samuel I think I'm so glad that I've had the chance to learn about him and to then have the, the privilege of you know um, performing as him every night uh, I hadn't heard of him and now I'm so uh, <laughs> I'm angry that I I hadn't ever heard of him and and then that set me down this path of research that started with you know usual Wikipedia and so on and then, um, then I, I've got some books and, um, and I listened to all of his music, and, and, and now I'm just, I'm just always trying to find out more about him. He's fascinating. There's an amazing book written by his wife, Jessie, that has just unbelievable personal details about, uh, about him uh, that aren't anywhere else. And, and that was one of the big inspirations for me. And do you play? Do you play at all? Do you have music? I, I play a little, yeah, but um, not to the standard that our amazing band can play. They are incredible.
6: Uh, So my name is Cassie Kinoshi. I'm the composer for the show, so I've written original music and also arranged some of Samuel Coleridge-Taylor's music. So we have two violins, cello, double bass, drum kit and piano, uh, which is not really standard, but it's because there's such a crossover between Samuel Coleridge-Taylor's classical music and then song and her more jazz-influenced and contemporary-influenced world. Shakira Stella is my name. I was playing the drum kit and percussion during the show, so one of the bands. And how has it been being part
0: of this production?
6: It's been really amazing. It's been really eye-opening to learn about the story of Samuel Coleridge-Taylor, which I didn't know very much about. Um, And it feels like I love the the kind of way we, we jump from the past to the present day, back to the past and present day, and see the similarities and the kind of the comparison between how some things have changed and some things have not and what needs to be done and also to show, you know, shine a light on the story of of Samuel. And also what a pleasure to play, you know, music uh, created by Kasukanoshi, you know, original music for the the work, but then also some of Samuel's work as well. So, yeah, it's been really good fun. We are just
8: so delighted and it's just, oh my goodness, it's just, it's an incredible thing and I really hope if Samuel Coleridge-Taylor was it that he'd really enjoy this I have a feeling he'd love this vibe he'd love it he'd love it and and it's a wonderful thing as well to to look at and we saw the audience and everyone's so different and that's that is what it's about as well it's It's just, I think that's what he stood for. That's, he was ahead of his time, and I think it's just a beautiful thing. Hello, I'm Deborah Tracy, and I play Comfort, and Ella Shepherd, who is one of the Fisk Jubilee Singers. There's a real responsibility. When you're telling the story of someone's life, someone has as extraordinary to Croydon as Coleridge-Taylor was. Um, there's a, you, you really want to make sure you get it right because obviously we want to create a, an entertaining piece of theatre but we also want to do it justice and, you know, we've done something that is deliberately really fresh, really fast I mean, this is like classical meets punk because we're like kind of fast, fast, fast just go, but we want to do something that has true heart and really connects with people but it's been amazing I mean, you know, Croy- who knew Croydon is literally just an absolute smorgasbord of culture who knew i mean i have been transcended i mean we've got fairfield halls which is amazing and literally walking out of uh, you know rehearsals every day and you just hear this beautiful symphony orchestra i mean it's it's really really wonderful it's an artist's haven here and i never Whoa. i never knew that i never i never knew that
3: Hey, my name is Amanda Wilkin, and I am the uh, playwright of Recognition. It's been a privilege um, just uh, finding out about Samuel Coleridge-Taylor and his work and then trying to write about him, and I hope that this story is not the... Uh, it won't be the first, and it, it definitely shouldn't ever be the last. There should be, like, hundreds of things written about him, because he was extraordinary. So I hope that people leave him. Well <laughs> Want to discover his music for him, for themselves, and also to not let any any uh, voices in their head that are critical to let them get in the way of the things that they need to do, the work that needs to be done.
8: Yeah,
9: I'm Alice Stoker, and I play Danny, Jesse, and Alice in the show. I actually live in South Norwood, and obviously, like that was where Samuel and Jesse lived as well, which is so cool. And sort of reading all the research material about them, and reading, you know, he was talking about like going for his lunchtime walk and I was like I'm sure his walk will have been round South Norwood Lake and that's my lunchtime walk <laughs> so like, eh, as that's... is mine oh my god <laughs> so cool oh, yeah. um so yeah so that felt really special for me because I like I'm from Newcastle originally and I've done theatre in Newcastle and that feels like you know special to me being local there and now I'm doing something in London that's local to me to my home now in South Norwood so um, yeah that's been really special and obviously like such a cool company to work for in a beautiful venue and their first big show in the studio so that's really special and I feel really lucky
10: uh, My name is David Monteith and I am Ola who is the father of Song the main, one of the main characters I'm oh, I'm W.E.B. Dubois who's never named but I actually say things that he actually said about the Negro spiritual that was uh, a WB what Dubois speaking. Um, also, um, a guy from the who, who kind of inspires Samuel to write a letter uh, about the Pearly Circles lecture. And is that, yeah, I think that's it, I'm part of the chorus, but I'm just really motivated. But I think what inspires me as, as a black man growing up when I did was the whole notion of I didn't know that, I didn't know that, I didn't know that. So things like Samuel Collier Taylor, did you know? that this was a black light. Did you know? That is one of those things that just, as a theme running through it, just makes me so excited to be involved in this project. Did you know he was a black British composer before Windrush lived in Croydon? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And, it's just, and through that and doing the research, we discovered so many other things, like Chevalier St. George, who has a movie coming out soon called Chevalier. And this guy, you know, he was a black composer before Samuel Coleridge Taylor in France, best swordsman in Europe. And it's like, you know, I mean, formed the first Black Legion and, and led them into battle in Europe. Like, what? And again, it's just, just branching off from this one guy. There's so many more. Did you know moments? And I, I if one person comes to this show and discovers something about seven, that's, that's all that needs to happen. They, they go, something cool. I need to find out a bit more. Job done.
0: Next, we attended the Caribbean Influencers Exhibition at the Museum of Croydon, made in partnership with the National Portrait Gallery. It celebrates the influence of different generations of Caribbean migrants, and the vital part they play in our communities. It features art from Kiam, and was curated by Croydon's poet laureate, Shanika Benjamin, who we were lucky enough to speak with. So we're here at the Museum of Croydon, at the Caribbean Influencers exhibition Uh, and I'm here with the wonderful Shanika who is a poet attached to it but has also done many many roles within the exhibition and we are at specifically the Croydon Charts.
11: Yes so Croydon Charts is I say my baby so this is some kind of quick bite questions but also really really rich interesting elements with some poems about each person and this is really special to me it's all special but this section here could get missed amidst the croydon records room but it's just as key because these people are all really brilliant and amazing and have such interesting stories i would have loved to have spoken to them more and my old head of year is here as well karen powell who is like an influencer because she was brilliant at our school, and it was a school that rarely excluded people. Like, you had to really be extreme. And that was a really big thing, and she fully cared about her students, loved her students, still in contact with a lot of them. On our big birthdays, if she's got our dress, she'll send us a birthday card. And people still really appreciate her. That is an influencer, in my personal opinion. That's really amazing. So, okay, so this is the poem for Miss Powell. I can't call her Karen, because that's just weird. So, she is a Guyanese educator, With passion of the people, nurturing the lives of many. Caring for them even when out of her care. First as teacher, then family link worker. Her wealth is in her heart. Okay, so the full name of the exhibition is Citizen UK, Croydon's Caribbean Influences. And Citizen UK is basically a project that the National Portrait Gallery have been doing over the past say, couple of years or past three years, where they look at different waves of migration in the UK. And they're focusing on Caribbean wave migration in Croydon because such a high um, number of Caribbean individuals living or have lived or something or influenced Croydon in some way. So basically looking at how people from the Caribbean have influence, because influence isn't just about whether you're famous or whatever influences means now, whatever that is. It's having an influence in different kind of career genres, whether that is education or whether it is music or whether it's the NHS, whether it's religion. Just looking at the influence that people have had and how they've impacted that from across the years really. So I'm Shanika Benjamin, I'm Croydon Poet Laureate, and I was involved as a poet, but also the writer. I like wrote all of the kind of exhibition kind of content, like the descriptions and stuff like that. There's some, apart from the introduction, that was um, Emily from Natural Portrait Gallery and some from Virginia from the Museum of Croydon, but involved in the text and also curating some of the content, and also interviewing some of the oral histories. And I was also a participant too. I was just doing a lot of things in exhibitions. exhibition. I think the key thing, even though I came in as a poet, the key thing I think I was involved in was really kind of being aware of what was happening. Like, we're missing links of this. And are you aware of this? And just really kind of being integral because I am from the Caribbean, but also I'm from Caribbean. So just kind kind of things where it's look at those people and we need to do this and So I think that was kind of why I became always focused and even though I came in as the poet.
0: At the start, you mentioned that you're working with the National Portrait Gallery. Could you tell us a little bit about the gallery's relationship with this project?
11: Yeah, so this partnership has been in the works for a long time and finally came to fruition at this time, which worked out quite well. And so they have funded the project along with the National Lottery Heritage Fund. So they put a lot of money into that. And they've also worked with us. So first there was Emily and then there was Alex who really helped to like put this together and get certain things done. So they really fed into that. And also it's like featured on their website as well. So it's all part of, I guess, developing more information about learning. That is what they want about the learning because this whole thing is about learning about these people you might not know about, learning more about how Caribbean culture has influenced Croydon and the UK as a whole. And just also how integral they have been in, in certain places that you just may have missed. And just getting these stories that have been missed for two years, someone like Duke McKenzie. I'm not particularly a boxing fan myself, but to know, someone who has got three world titles and three different weight categories, why is he not bigger? So it really is about this learning. And I think we all learn a lot. And anyone who comes here will learn a lot. People who were coming on the launch were saying, oh, I've learned some new things. I didn't know certain people were here. And I'm like, yes, that's the key thing.
0: And is that kind of what the, for you, and I suppose the creative team in general, is like the, the kind of key aim of the exhibition when people visit is to, to learn something new?
11: Yeah, to learn To get an understanding that Caribbean culture is more than just the food or jerk chicken and is more than just even music it's so much more than that it's it's community and it is hard graft and hard work and it is being an education and you know being in religion and it is those important migration stories and looking at that where a situation where it's people were encouraged to come here to work and were sold these dreams that came to fruition. But stayed here with, with grace and have brought so many so many amazing things here. So I once got go going, yeah, learning that and seeing that and again, just seeing the trailblazers that actually were just living in Croydon as well, which is just a brilliant thing. Like Croydon's been home to just a huge amount of brilliant people and that make, that this borough has an even richer history than people remember, highlighting those really special things.
0: Please do go and see the exhibition as it enters its final weeks. However, all histories used for the exhibition will continue to be accessible via the Croydon Archive. So now onto the brand spanking new music heritage trail. We spoke to Atma, who designed the Queen's Garden Mural. It symbolises the diverse music heritage of the borough.
12: So hello, my name is Atma. Uh, I am a street artist, mural painter. And I've been commissioned by uh, Croydon's Borough of Culture to create a mural celebrating the Croydon's Musical Heritage Trail in Queen's Gardens.
0: Thank you. Um, so you mentioned in your presentation at the opening of the, the mural in the Heritage Trail um, that you worked with a steering group um, picking the, the, art, the musicians that are going to be displayed in the mural. Um, what was that process like? Um, how long did that process take?
12: I actually picked every single person. Really? Yes. Wow. Uh, I love music as well. So I cheekily included some of my music taste, but making sure he also answered the brief. Um, and then it was also a, a, a case of making sure that every generation could find someone that they relate to. Yeah. So again, when people walk by the mural, I was really pleased to be to see that people could recognize one person, at yeah, least. That's so a good that point it means, actually, like, yeah. whoever, they, whatever age they were, they could relate to someone. So yeah. I guess that was the, the job done. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: because and cause you're not based in Croydon, what has it been like coming to Croydon? Uh, have you got any history here before this project? Um,
12: yeah. It was actually, I do have an history with Croydon. I come oh, here oh, okay. for. Uh, many years. Uh, I used to work and hopefully will continue to work with a charity here called Play for Progress, which oh, is an amazing charity that um, helps refugees and asylum seekers um, through music. Mm-hmm. And uh, I did a couple of murals with them. One is at the Whitgift. You can still see it. So, oh, sure. I come to Croydon for a few years. I love it. And every time I come, I'm always amazed by the energy of the people uh it's it's a place that has a vibe
2: how does it feel when because you know it's a piece that's on a wall anyone could walk up to it and paint on it or you know when you've put this much effort into something and it's been planned does that it is what it is
12: (laughs) now the thing is is um so i've been painting for 25 years and a lot of my pieces have disappeared uh and some of them are still there And I guess um, maybe my philosophy is the more effort I put into them and maybe the more people can see it and feel it and therefore respect it. And uh, yeah, and recently in all humility, I feel like people understand my work and don't want to destroy it. But it's also down to the weather and, you know, and years. And, you know, it's what I do is the same as what... um, Prehistoric men have done, you know, leave their mark somewhere, uh, hoping for the next generation to see it. But it's it's not forever either, and that's also part of the beauty of, of why we do it. It's it has an uh, ephemeral aspect, mm-hmm. which which is again is makes it exciting.
5: Mm. Cool. Cool.
12: Um,
2: how I guess how do you channel where, when you're commissioned? to make a piece of art. How much of your feeling goes into it and how much of it is just what you know, the br- what the brief is, where do you strike the balance between, okay, I know I have to
12: represent this, but then I also want to put my own touch on it, my own feelings yeah. into it. So maybe before feelings, uh, I try to develop a certain style, which I put across all my pieces. So, you know, uh, use of really bold colors, really sharp lines, uh, I love patterns, so all my pieces are full with patterns, and in every kind of commission, I can inject some of this. Um, also, I think, as much as being a mural artist, I like to see my work as being architectural, because I play with space, and this is where I can I have total creativity. In the case of this mural, is at the end of a park. It has like one one side which kind of look like it's folding or unfolding depending how you want to see it uh, he was he has like uh, an old entrance to a, an underpass which is closed so all these things I can I can really be playful with it and in that sense I can I can put a lot of creativity into it and it's also my creativity comes in the composition uh, so yeah there might be some kind of like direction which I've been given but it's still an, an, an exquisitely free um Process.
0: Next, we attended the Music Heritage Trail, which is a permanent installation over physical and digital platforms, marking out the musical past and presence of the borough. Plaques signpost significant locations for artists such as Nadia Rose, Desmond Decker and Stormzy, and the routes between them are mapped out via the free Croydon Music Heritage app. There are guided tours available on specific days this summer But we were so keen to get started that we set off into the musical unknown with nothing but the shirt on our backs, our phones and an audio recorder Here's how we got on So the mural that Atma has made is at the start of the Central Croydon Trail and that's one of two trails that make up the Music Heritage Trail in Croydon. But today... Today we are going to do the Northern Trail and the Northern Trail covers Selhurst, Thornton Heath, um, South South Norwood, Norwood and covers some of the biggest artists like Stormzy, Nadia Rose and Avril Coleridge taylor
2: Don't forget my man Desmond Decker and the mad professor there. We found our first plaque. We are buzzing. We're buzzing. <laughs> we are Now, this the Music Heritage plaque says Stormzy, 1993 to present. That means he's still alive. alive.
0: But he didn't pick to have his name as part of the Heritage Trail. That was actually a public vote online.
2: So the people have spoken mm-hmm. and, and Stormzy has a plaque. Um, and we're looking at it right now. Yeah. Next up is...
0: Avril Corridge-Taylor.
2: And...
0: She is a leading female classical pioneer and was a daughter of Samuel Coleridge-Taylor, the legendary classical musician and composer um, who came from South Norwood.
2: Okay, so... onwards. Anyway, we're on route to see Avril Coleridge-Taylor. Now we're looking for a plaque and we are plaque hungry. We are absolutely desperate for plaques. Vicky's running behind me, but uh, I'm speeding off into the distance because I'm going to see Avril Crouch Taylor. I know more about Croydon than
0: you. I know more about Croydon than you. No, you don't. And
2: yes, you're I slow, do. and, you're
0: short.
2: <laughs> and I'm kind of fat. I don't know if I can keep this up. <laughs> There's a car coming behind us. No doubt they're also here to see Avril Crouch Taylor. <laughs> um. Plaque acquired. Plaque acquired.
0: Taylor. we had found her house i think
2: now they were they were born in 1903 as the plaque states but they have died
0: yes
2: and not that long ago bloody hell they so they lived to about 94 95 98 so is it
0: right
2: there well yes they lived to 1998 but they weren't that's not their age because they were born in 1903 Oh, so their age. herbie's taking the smart man uh award for this plaque um <laughs> And they were a leading female and classical pioneer. Now, Vicky, you can enlighten us with a bit more. But if you really want to know, then you've got to get on that. you got to get on that tour. And those tours will happen in July. I think they happen in August. There's different ones. There's like a teachers one. There's a kids one. I think there's a general public one. Uh, and there's also
0: her. loads of information on the app itself. So if you download the app. As you're going around, that's what we're doing right now, you can, and it buzzes you when you're at these different locations, and it gives you information about all these different artists.
2: Give us a taster.
0: So, for Avril, what we've got is information about where she grew up. So she grew mm-hmm. up on Dagnall Park Road, which isn't where we're at, we're at another road that she lived on. Uh, she studied at Trinity Laban and was one of the first uh, female composers and conductors um, travelling around the world with her art which is pretty phenomenal for a mixed-race woman in the early 20th century.
2: Um, We're on our way to see Desmond Decker, but I don't think we'll be actually seeing Desmond Decker. But um, I think we'll be seeing a plaque, and I have a feeling that I'm going to be seeing the plaque first. And that's because I'm slowly increasing the length of my strides. uh, So it looks like I'm not walking quicker, but I actually am. And the distance that I'm covering is... uh, almost insurmountable as Vicky picks up the pace there and um, we've actually got a long way to go so I'm not going to start running yet he was declared bankrupt in 1984 and before that he released a song called The Israelites everyone knows that and again if you want that info if you want that if you, if you, you don't want to hear it from me because all I know is the first verse of The Israelites uh, if you want an expert to tell you more get on that tour dates and things in the description of this podcast thank you I'm close. The app is buzzing. So here's a feature. When you get close to one, the app starts screaming at you that you're closed, which is very exciting. Now, I think I see a plaque. Desmond Decker and the Mad Professor, 1941 to 2006 and 1955 to present. You can get it if you really want. I think for this one, I'm gonna commemorate it. I'm gonna stay on the plaque until I see a double decker bus. And then I'm going to eat a double decker. Yeah. So, um, unfortunately, at the candy shop, they only sell double deckers by the by the quadruple. Oh, so gross. I've had to buy four. And are uh, you
3: going to eat all of them? Well,
2: the thing the thing is, I'm very committed to this podcast, so I think I might have to eat at least a plural amount. So we are at Tasty Jerk, which is the site of Nadia Rose's plaque. And um, Vicky's gone in to um, sample some of the goods. I'm having a bit of a crisis because I've just yammed three double deckers in the name of Desmond Decker, and now my belly is a bit. uh, That that was too much, really. Uh, So yeah, we'll be out with a verdict on Tasty Jerk, and then we'll head to our second last stop, which is Saint Etienne. Vicky's got the grub. We're about to see how tasty this jerk really is. Um, how am I gonna eat that? That's my question. I'm looking at it.
0: So you've got to, uh, so we've got here, we've got um, jerk chicken, rice, and peas, the Caribbean staple Mm -hmm. from No Rose's
2: favorite Caribbean restaurant. This is pretty good. This is pretty good. So as we scoff our tasty jerk, (laughs) we, um, you know, we've laid down our fight for the plaques and we've realized that what's really important is, If you love music, if you love your community where you grew up, your heritage.
0: And history.
2: And history. And if you like trails.
0: And walking.
2: Then this is the trail for you. There's tours all through the summer. Get on it. You're gonna have a fun time. You're gonna you're gonna be excited about the people that, you know, have paved the way through here. And who's to say you might not be next, eh? Constable alert, constable alert, we have a grade one
0: constable alert. We had Constable's The Cornfield visit us as part of the National Gallery Tour in Croydon's very own Thornton Heath Library, where it complemented the start of Amina Roji's photography exhibition, Rural Croydon, depicting the abundant nature in the south of the borough. We attended the launch with some special guests. So we are at Trumbull Gardens opposite Thornton Heath Library. Where? Where there are a load of sheep, there's goats. Barney Rabbit and Caterina Luigiò, who is the artistic lead for London Borough of Culture this is Croydon who has sort of masterminded today so can you tell us a little bit about what is happening today in Thornton Heath? Uh, well we're
13: celebrating the arrival of Constable's the Cornfield so that's on loan for one week from the National Gallery and we wanted it to arrive with a bit of a splash and we wanted to take the opportunity to celebrate and showcase the fantastic natural environment that Croydon is so whilst we're in Thornton Heath we've brought a bit of the south of the borough with us and we've commissioned artist Amina Roji and she's captured amazing photos from the, uh, the cattle who graze for the conservational grazing in the south of the borough so we've lots of photos of sheep and cows a beautiful landscape as long with the constable and then opposite the library in Trumbull Gardens we've brought in Vauxhall City Farm for the morning so we've uh, a goat, three sheep, some rabbits and some chickens which I'm delighted with and we're bringing in school children throughout the morning to enjoy the animals.
0: And it's pretty amazing even setting up this morning and having people come up to us and ask us what's going on. What's it been like bringing something into the kind of forefront of public
14: life?
13: What's really nice is to be able to change people's relationships with high streets and spaces and a space they think they know very well and actually just to, to give them a new memory of that place and, you know, think this was all woodland was. Thornton Heath was a wooded area. So, and actually Thornton Heath Pond, they did bring cattle to graze there to... to it was a drinking pond before it was the Hangman's Gallows. So there was a, there's a lovely history of having nature and wildlife in this space. So to go back to that in this celebratory way is, is always really very nice. And we hope that all the young people that come this morning, every time they pass this park, will remember the goats and the chickens. Uh, And how long is the exhibition on for? So we've got the constable here for a week until July the 9th. Amina's rural Croydon exhibition runs until the 31st of July. So the library is open every day this week and then rural Croydon will be running at normal library opening times from next Monday. So that'll be Monday, Wednesdays and Saturdays.
2: So we're here with Croydon Mayor at Croydon Mayor. (laughs) could
0: you tell us a little bit about your morning how has this been this morning
10: it's been excellent it's been brilliant to come down here it's been Thornton Heath see the children with the animals um, in Trumbull Gardens the painting over the road in the library bringing you know art really into the community so it's a brilliant event and just great to see the young people enjoying themselves
0: we then caught up with Amina in Farthing Downs one of the locations featured in her exhibition
14: this project's been on my mind actually for a while now before I even got commissioned. Like one day when I came here on a walk, um, I was just walking down like my normal path and then I saw a bunch of cows and I was just like, what? And then somehow found the Twitter account of one of the organisations that does the conservation grazing. Well, that, that was the seed of the idea. <laughs> um, and then, yes, yeah, so I followed the Twitter, been following it for a couple of years now, I would say, and then with the pro- other project that I've been working on, the book about Croydon, I like was trying to think of a way to work in the conservation grazing into it. But then this, yeah, this commission like popped up, and um, and the themes they were asking for was like exactly what this project would have been or was going to be, um, and it just, yeah, it just like completely aligned, like the stars fully aligned. Um, what
2: were those themes?
14: So I think it was a really quick meeting and they said something about green and rural and nostalgia and I was like, ah, I have the perfect project and it's like about cows and goats and stuff and they were like, yes. (laughs) And I was like, okay, excellent. Uh, Because I almost didn't didn't say out loud because they're just going to think that I'm weird for suggesting like a project about cattle in Croydon but they bloody loved it. Um, So that's how that yeah that's how that all happened. So it was quite it was very like serendipitous I would say. It all kind Mm. of just fell into place. Nice. Which was my destiny.
2: (laughs) Okay, let us navigate this next gate. I mean, we seem to be going into a dark, uh, dark, dark, dusky forest. Now, can can you explain what's happening here?
14: (laughs) Well, see. Is, that is terrifying
2: down there. <laughs> well,
14: this is the nice part. Um, we are just going to go up there. It's just a short. It's just a short jaunt into the dark. And, place, if, and if
2: and if we went down that way, what what would down what that would happen? the Devil's Woods. The Devil's Woods. Ah, yes. Right we go? It's
14: actually. It's, it's not the Devil's Woods. It's the Devil's Devil's Den. Devil's Den woods is that what it
2: is that's not a joke no it's not a joke
14: i didn't think it was do you feel like you've
0: in doing this project and working here so long that you're like almost a kind of expert in like this area
14: because you know so much about it and no not even close i i feel like i've just barely scratched the surface especially with like all the stuff that I've been learning all of a sudden. Yeah. Um, like, I came literally on this path with one of the rangers, um, Tom, who's the information ranger for City Commons. Like, he took me down here and he was just telling me about all the wildflowers um, and he took me to see the sheep and I was like, I've walked past here so many times yeah. and it's just, like, all stuff I didn't know. Like, so these flowers, um, this is the yellow rattle, which is, like, it's rare and, like, a lot of... um a lot of the rest of the UK but here it's I mean you can see it's like literally everywhere and I never noticed them before until he told me I was like oh and now there's just like so many of them there's so much to learn. These these rangers they're the ones pictured in your exhibition and they the
2: rangers that I know you've got the red one the green one they usually say it's morphing time so could you speak to this these type of (laughs) rangers and what what, what do they do?
14: (laughs) <laughs> okay um, So the rangers all have different jobs um, So they actually The ones that call themselves Well call themselves rangers Call themselves say rangers the themselves. Right. So <laughs> like their official title is rangers Those are the city commons They're part of the city commons uh, organisation mm-hmm. If there's a fire like a green space So for example last year there was a massive fire in Addington mm. um, And that was them dealing with that um, And like here at the, on the same day There was a fire here as well but the fire brigades were all busy at New Addington. Was it New Addington? In Addington, anyway. Um, so they had to deal with it themselves. And it's just oh, like, wow. you know things like? It's like yeah. so much like big nature-like subjects that you think about, oh, it's like California wildfires. You don't think about that happening here, but actually it is. Actually it does. Yeah. So it's like the good stuff and the bad stuff. And then the rangers have to deal with all of it.
2: And yeah. how long is this exhibition running for?
14: Uh, the exhibition runs until the 31st of July.
2: Okay, so not too long. So this, this should come out around the 10th.
14: Yeah, so about midway.
2: People need to go and see it. What might they What might they see? They know that they're going to see some sort of rural photography. <laughs> I've heard it's big. I've heard they're big.
14: Yes, so, <laughs> yeah, they are big. <laughs> so some of the prints um, fill up, like, the entire window space of the library, which is about, like, a, a single storey. Of a oh. building because it is literally the single-story window oh. um, of the library, so it's me- that's
2: quite big.
14: <laughs> um, so, which is pretty cool. So, from like when you're sta- obviously it's it's a bit difficult to see in one go unless you take a really fast step back. But when because it's on a bus lane and a very busy yeah. road, um, what you can see is like when you're in the bus and in the in the like double-decker bus as well on the top deck, you can see. The print of the sheep but it looks like they're inside the library. That's oh, really awesome. cool. Yeah. So we had a lot of people like looking today just like double taking it's like what what's that? Sheep? Sheep?
12: In Croydon? In Thornton Heath Library? <laughs>
0: <laughs> that about wraps up our activity these past few weeks. Now we look onwards with some extraordinary festivals happening next week in Wondle Park. See Our Talent is a chance to see Croydon's finest young performers. We spoke to Lucy Veazey from Croydon Music and Arts about what you can expect and how This Is Croydon has made
15: the festival the most ambitious yet. Right, so I'm Lucy Veazey. My role is one of the assistant heads at um, Croydon Music and Arts. So Croydon Music and Arts is an arts service um, for children and young people. In Croydon, basically. We offer so many different things. We offer um, peripatetic lessons in schools. We offer classroom lessons in schools. They are learning all different sorts of instruments. We've got a class which is amazing called Endangered Species, and it means all the instruments that maybe nobody wants to play or has thought about playing or seen being played, you can come and learn them. So my daughter's learning the bassoon that's she so has a little cool. mini bassoon, she's so sweet. And in terms of CR Talent, we've got four sets and we are basically showcasing the talent in Croydon, CR Talent. So it's not only the postcode, CR Talent, but it is also see with your eyes, our amazing talents. I am responsible for set four, which is the finale set. Ooh. I know, right? <laughs> so we've, we've got... Um, Our orchestras will be predominantly on the stage and they will be playing lots of the music. We then have drama groups performing to that music. We have dancers dancing to that music. Um, My love of all time is Disney. And we have an amazing Disney medley. Moana, How Far I'll Go, an amazing song at the end to get everyone going. So if you like Disney songs, you should definitely come. You're both nodding your heads up, yes. But we've got some what you would call real classical pieces and then we've got some real contemporary pieces. We've also got some guest artists that will be joining us on stage. So we have got um, Aaron Gosch, who is an, an amazing uh, player, has got some of his own amazing music. We will be ending, so the finale set is a journey through time where we start with music from Samuel Coleridge-Taylor and then we go through with every piece having a connection in some way to Croydon. Now, my my set four, my, my baby, um, is actually not come from me. It's come from all of my amazing students on Tuesday Centre. We spent a really long time discussing songs and connections to Croydon. Now, the really cool thing about the fourth set is we end on a song that was completely composed by the children themselves, so they have worked to compose a song which we call the future song, because obviously we've gone through time and we're now thinking about the future of Croydon and what children in Croydon want. So they've created their own song. However, we have a, a, the special guest at the end of that set is going to be still Shady, who is going to sing one of his amazing songs for us, um, which will end the day with a bang, I hope. That's amazing. It sounds like a massive, like, festival, really. Yeah, so it's going, it's going on with, on. Like, it starts at 12.30 and it'll end at 8 o'clock at night. OK, that is a day festival. <laughs>
0: yes. Uh, so you're getting your money's worth seeing oh, as yeah. it's free. <laughs> like, oh, my God. So if you could say, like, one line to someone who's like, oh, I might be free, but I might not be free, what would you say to be like, you should come to this?
15: Obviously, my thoughts on this will always be, be there or be square. However... However, um, I suppose I need to be a bit more punchy with it and say something like, you know, you are going to miss out on the festival for our borough for this era. Never again will there be something as ginormous and amazing as this. Obviously, the Fairfield Halls are amazing, but next year we will be back to Fairfield Halls, not maybe doing what we normally do, maybe doing something a bit different, but it does cost a lot of money. So come and see the, the money well spent. CR Talent will be taking place on the 13th of July.
0: Please see our description to book your free ticket. Croydon Pride was one of the first boroughs to host a Pride Festival, and this year will be bigger than ever. Here's Claudia from Queer Croydon, who will be performing at the festival as well as being
7: instrumental in its organisation. My name is Claudia, Claudia Coelho, uh, I am a makeup artist, I am a performer, and I perform under the alias of Shepherds Bush. And Shepherds Bush will be um, hosting the main Pride stage this year at Croydon Pride. It's going to be a long day. Uh, I am also the Queer Arts Advisory Lead for uh, Croydon London Borough of Culture's tenure. And within that, I um, also organise... Queer Croydon, and Queer Croydon is essentially a social presence that we've established to um, amplify queerness in the borough, but also um, South London, because we are not an island. So starting with Pride, um, can you tell us a little
0: bit about Croydon Pride, um, its history in terms of when it was established, and um, what is different about this year compared to other years?
7: Wow, what a beautiful question. So Croydon Pride has been... Um, Apparently, there used to be pride in Croydon in you know in the eighties and nineties, uh, but then it kind of um, had a renaissance in twenty sixteen, and it came back. and Apparently, it was a huge party. There was a real sense of community, and it was you know on Surrey Street. and If you've been to Surrey Street, it's like one long road and it people just crammed in there people were standing on bins and apparently it was just like a sense of like queer joy uh it's it's grown since then you know it's it's been at homes like uh, the queen's gardens um and then it's moved to its current home at wendell park and pride will be bigger than ever um I can't really say much, but I've heard in in the whispers that there are stunning artists, there's lots of representation, um, there's a few special uh, collaborations happening, so I'm very excited to see how it pans out, getting my binoculars at the ready. But I can also tell you that we are going to have an official after-party, and it's going to be at Box Park. And... Um, In one of my many hats, I'm also helping programming that. And we have a show for you. There's going to be uh, essentially a celebration of local queer artistry. Um, You know, we really want to amplify the artists that are here. Give them the opportunities in their borough. And there's something, you know, like when you go, not that I do this, but you know, you go to like a football match and it's like the home, the home, that analogy, why am I using that analogy? I don't know, but I'm but here for it. Uh. <laughs> uh, so it's, there's that sense of euphoria. We want to share that queer joy with those artists because there's nothing more exciting than playing to a crowd or to performing to a group of people that know you Yeah. and consider you one of their own. So it's, it's extending that element of queer joy from uh, Pride Day to Pride Evening. And then, because because we are we are here to entertain uh, there's an after after party with a dj um who's going to be you know be playing all the tunes a drag dj we have the wonderful alfie ordinary who's of um you know has won multiple awards at edinburgh fringe they host tonight at heaven G A Y. so you know we are going all in i love it and so um how do people get to go to this you have to get a ticket, it's a free event. It's not gonna cost you anything, but it's, it's good to know numbers and just to ensure that we are, um, you know, adhering to safety protocols. And for the after party, again, it's free. So if you could
0: say in like one sentence, why should people come to Pride and Croydon? What would you
7: say? I think uh, more than ever, people need a sense of community. And Croydon is a vast place of, you know, a beautifully vast place of lots of different types of people, colors, creeds. And as queer people, I think there's something so beautiful about being among your own. And the fact that we have this on our doorstep, I think now more than ever is that time to just embrace the community and just come down, see the show, see the performers, and just allow yourself to feel queer joy. There's something so powerful about being in a room of people where you don't have to explain yourself. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Where you can just be in your most truthful self and you can wear what you want. You can talk about what you want. You can love how you want. And I feel that there, there is like this, this like empathy that kind of exists within queer people. Like, I'm in a queer room, and I'll just say A, and all the other queer people will get it. If I'm in a room with, you know, people who aren't of the community, I also have to explain myself. So allow yourself to come and embrace that energy, but also use that energy to go out into your daily life and go, you know what? You are not going to limit me. You are not going to take away things that are, are mine. You know, it's my human right to identify who, as I wish you're not going to erode those rights. So, you know, come, share your energy, get re- re-energized and go out and be fabulous.
0: Be sure to get your free tickets secured for the 15th of July. Please check out our description to find out more. Finally that week, we have and Mela. Mela is Hindi for meeting or festival. Here's Malti to tell us exactly what Mela is about.
16: My name is Malti Patel and I'm from an organization called Apsara Arts. Um, we have been involved with the Mela since it started in 1997. Um, so, for those of you who don't know what Mela is, Mela literally means meeting. So, it's a gathering of of with a purpose, and is always to do with the artistic side of coming together. Um, in India, the Melas could involve. Uh, the uh, the camel beauty contest. But generally, Mela has music, dance, um, visual arts, participation. Um, and over the years, uh, that particular framework has been adopted in the British Asian life. And Mela is now happening everywhere in UK. So a lot of people are familiar what Mela is. Um, the Croydon Mela is has a wonderful history of uh, having diverse artists, not just from local uh, pool, but international artists, visiting artists who come and perform at Croydon. So people like Nitin Sony performed at Croydon Mela. I mean, it's hard to believe he's an international artist who fills up big concert halls and he performed here in year 2000. Uh, when, which was one of the biggest mela we had. So for this year's Mela, there the ambition is is big. Um and what we're going to see, there will be two stages, one dedicated to music and one dedicated to dance. Um, and on the on the music scene we're going to the headliner is H Dami, who has been very popular with the particular with the young people and we, that's what we want to do is draw that particular crowd with the, the end kind of the song. And with the dance stage we're going to see the huge diversity of Indian dance because there is a lot of diversity from Indian classical to Bollywood to folk and kind of in between where you kind of mix with a bit of contemporary etc. We're going to see age groups from sort of four-year-old to 60-plus dancing on the stage. So Mela is for everybody. And there is no barrier in participating as an audience, taking part in the workshop. So with the visual art workshop, I'm working with Emergency Exit Art to to bring some um, art workshop where people can get involved in making something and also take it home. And some of the artwork, we want, what we want to do is, at the end of the Mela, we want to gather it and see if we can create a mural somewhere in library or something. So just adding the creativity of different people's vision. How can we put it together? Um, Apart from all these activities, there's going to be lots of food stalls because we have to have food if you're Indian. I mean, that goes without saying. So you're going to, there'll be opportunity to try out different Indian food out there. There's going to be henna workshops so people can have their hand or even feet or whatever people do these days, (laughs) wherever they have it. So there is a huge kind of activities participation. The the ambition is big and we we are trying to to kind of create a a lot more uh, diversity within art. So kind of making sure that whoever experiences art sees a lot of different things that they would not normally see it in one place. Um, And also developing bigger understanding and appreciation of Asian art. Um, And I think You know, it's going to be bigger because we haven't had a Mela, remember, because of the pandemic. So the last Mela happened in 2019. Uh, So it's obviously it's it's a bigger than what we did in 2019. But I think the sense of optimism that is coming back again, because this has been the Mela's journey, depending on the financial situation. So we kind of stopped in 2011, started again. And then with pandemic, we are kind of recharging. But the energy is there. The enthusiasm is there. and The excitement is there. And it's for everybody. People sometimes think, oh, it's an Asian thing. No, it's for everybody. So it doesn't matter where you come from. You can enjoy the experience of being at the Mela.
0: Mela will wrap up the week of festivals on the 16th of July, after which we'll have a break until Croydon Carnival. So that's it from us. I hope you feel informed, enlightened and possibly engaged. Enjoy the festivals, get a tan if you can, find those plaques and we'll meet back here in the autumn.